your spirit will help me tonight. As I go through your word to minister to your people, your servants. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you, tonight I'm going to be talking about the second message, probably I want to finish that tonight. The winning faith. The winning faith. The winning faith. Do you have enough faith to win the battles of life? Do you have enough faith? Is that still a requirement to win battles of life? Jesus has already won the war. We have won the war. Jesus guaranteed that when he died on the cross and he rose again the third day. The war has already been won. But as we live out our victory, our victory of the war that has been won by the Lord Jesus Christ, as we live that uh, victory out in our natural life, we are going to be fighting battle after battle, one battle after another. It's a constant battle that we are going to be going through and, uh, and fighting and winning on this earth. The total sum is no matter what it is, the war has already been won. But you have to fight the battles in your own life and win those battles. We don't want to lose too many battles. Lost battles will leave their scars, painful scars and marks upon our life. And these scars sometimes can... We can deal with them for many years, and they hold us back. They make, when we lose battles, we become fearful. They kind of reduce the quality of our faith towards God because we've just lost a battle, and you're wondering, am I going to ever win a battle? So these things come against us, and they make us lose faith, and we are not able to move forward. So when we lose battles, we become kind of vulnerable to the enemy because he's found a weakness. He's, we become vulnerable in that area, so he's attacked, and he keeps coming at us. If he finds out you're afraid in a certain area, he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to fight any other area where you have victory. He's coming over this, uh, coming at you in this one area where he knows you are vulnerable and you are going to be de dealing with different colors of that problem because he knows he's found a weakness in your place. So we don't want to lose too many battles. We want to win the world, but we want to win our battles. But the thing is, we have to win by faith. The Bible tells us in uh, Ephesians, uh, 1 Timothy actually, chapter 6, verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. So the battles that we are fighting, they are battles of faith. And you have to fight. You can't say, I'm too tired to fight. Satan is fighting. It says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because you have been guaranteed by Jesus to win the fight. But it is a fight of faith. Question is, do you have enough faith to win this battle? The battle is a battle of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So when you're fighting the fight of faith, you cannot win Unless you lay hold on eternal life. That's been given to you. Fight that good fight of faith. Lay hold of, on eternal life to which you have been called. You were called to lay hold on eternal life. You have eternal life. And because you have eternal life, you are in a battle. And the battle is a battle of faith. It's called a good fight because you win. You're guaranteed to win, but you need the winning faith. You need the winning faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you, have, you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Notice how it ties these things together. Your confession is very critical. As you fight the good fight of faith, 
Many times you've heard me say from the pulpit, when I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I am making a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I am fighting the good fight of faith, declaring that the Lord is my shepherd, I will never know want. That's how you lay hold on eternal life, by making your confession. It says you have made this confession. Notice what it causes. Confess the good confession. So your confession has to be good. It's a good confession. Because it's based on God's word. And you have to say, make your confession in the presence of many witnesses. Heavenly witnesses, demonic witnesses, they hear you. So when you make your confession, it has to come out of your mouth. That's the fight of faith. You have to have the winning faith to be able to make that kind of confession. You have to have it inside of you. Now, in First uh, John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whatever is born of God, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. The victory that overcomes the world, and we're not talking about the war in Syria, in Syria right now. That's not the victory to overcome. We're talking about the war, the battle, the battles that we are going through in this world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Well, we don't have to overcome nations. The world we're talking about is the battles of life that we have to win. Jesus has guaranteed the, the war has been won, but we are going through different battles. There are financial battles. There are spiritual battles, your spiritual life. Addictions to battle. That, these are battles that you have, there's confusions that Satan is throwing at you. The battles of fear, confusion, depression, all of these are battles. Your finances, your children, your marriage, your nation, there are battles to win. But it, God said, regardless of what battle you're dealing with, it's a good fight. Because you can win if you make a good confession and you lay hold on eternal life. Because you have been called to eternal life. You've been called to eternal life. So no matter what's happening, you can inject by faith eternal life into that problem and win. So the battle that we win, we only win through our faith. So what kind of faith are we talking about? There are different types of faith. A different kinds of faith that the Bible talks about. The, Jesus talked about little faith. He said to Peter, why did you doubt, O ye of little faith? So he had little faith. But then Jesus said to the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, he said, woman, great is your faith. So there is little faith and there is great faith. So which one do you have? When Satan comes against you, what is it trying, what kind of faith? Now notice, it's a fight of faith, right? Fight the good fight of faith. So when he comes to fight with your faith, what kind of faith is he going to meet when he battles with you? Is he going to be fighting with the little faith that you got or the great faith that you have? And there is strong faith and weak, weak faith. But the winning faith, the faith that will win, the faith that Satan doesn't want to deal with, is what the Bible calls great faith or strong faith. That's the one Satan doesn't want to deal with. The negative issues of life will not submit to a little faith or a weak faith. They don't submit to that. They're not going to listen. No matter how hard you struggle, they're not paying attention to you. The negativity, that's negativity of that situation remains the same because the kind of faith that you have is not going to win the battle. It's called a, a little faith. Satan doesn't respect 
little faith or weak faith. He has no, he has no qualm fighting with you, locking horns with you. He's going to fight that because all he sees is little faith. And heaven doesn't respond to little faith or weak faith. Heaven will not respond. That's why you think. So you got to have strong faith. You have to have strong faith. Now, in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, the Bible tells us this. Mark 23, uh, 11, verse 23 and 24. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He's going to be victorious. Whoever, it doesn't matter, even if he's a new Christian, or I mean a Christian who's been a believer for 30 years, it doesn't matter. Whoever can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does, have, does not have any doubt in his heart, he will have those things that he says. If he believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So it's a question of saying it, right? You got to say it, and you got to say it. And you have to believe that the things that you're saying will come to pass. That's the winning faith. That's the strong faith. That's the great faith. Amen. That's the winning faith. And so in verse uh, 24, he says, therefore, because I've told you this, because that's what there is, therefore is therefore. <laughs> Amen. That's because of everything I've told you, that's what, that word therefore is therefore. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> therefore, I say to you, what things soever, what things you ask, when you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, that's when you're praying to God and you're asking for something, well, no matter what it is. It can be a car. Notice these things. A lot of Christians get real spiritual. I'm talking about holy things, righteous things. Well, you're already righteous. That's not things. Things is something you use uh, that perish with the using, right? Yeah, that's what. What things soever you ask, right? It don't matter whether you want to call it spiritual thing. Whatever you're asking for from God, it can be material thing or spiritual things. It doesn't matter. What things soever you ask, whatever you ask, it tells us whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will, no doubt, have them. You will. But notice the guy who has a little faith and a weak faith will not dream of speaking to a mountain. That would be frightening to him. He wouldn't dare speak to a mountain and tell the mountain to he, that those things will not come out of his mouth. His faith is little. He won't, he won't go there. The guy with a weak faith is not going there. He won't even speak to uh, uh, a mound, talk more of a, a mountain. He's not going to attempt doing that. That's not in his thinking. And even if he does, he's going to doubt, right? Because he, he says, if you don't doubt in your heart, his faith is so weak, so little, there is no way doubt will not creep in. So he's not going to get it. And most likely, he wouldn't even go there. He's not, he doesn't think that way. Because he doesn't, that's not his life. He can win. You can win with little faith in your heart. You won't attempt those things. Notice what it says. Because I've told you all of this, when you pray, believe. The one with the weak heart cannot do that. Doubt will come in. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Right? Because he began to sink. He had little faith, so doubt came in. And here he says, if you believe in your heart, you can believe because you got little faith. 
and you got weak faith. A weak faith cannot handle that for a long time. The one with the weak faith only depends on what he can see, smell, taste, touch, and all of that. And if they are not in his, that realm, he can't proceed. It just will not. He's not going to go there. He's going to be like Thomas. Until I see it, I wouldn't believe it. That's the issue with this question here. So be, it behooves us then to begin to work on having a strong faith. Is it possible to have great faith? Is there something that I can do that will help me receive great faith? How can I strengthen my faith? I already have great faith, but how can I strengthen my faith? That's what we should be asking. What can I do to strengthen my faith? The Bible speaks about uh, Abraham in Romans chapter 4, beginning from verse 18 through 21. It says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Notice what God wants. For you to have strong faith, you have to believe contrary to hope. In other words, there is no chance, and that's where God's taking every one of us. He wants to grow us to the point where we have great faith. That's what pleases him, right? And that's what gives us everything, everything he came to provide for us. God has made available to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that. And Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that God, I believe in verse 3, God has given to us all things spiritual. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the spirit. God's blessed us with everything. But you can't receive these things if you just have weak faith. Nothing, you can't get anything when your faith is weak. A lot of Christians say, well, I already heard all this faith message, but do you really understand the faith message? And if you're not receiving it and receiving much from God, and you are in doubt, confused, and don't really know, have no confidence in God, you really don't understand the faith message. So you really need to study it and find out how can I have strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? What must I do to obtain strong faith? and great faith from God so that I can, I can obtain the promises that God has delivered to us. Great and precious promises, Second Peter chapter 1 says. And it says, by this, that you might be partakers of the, his divine nature. His divine nature is never sick. These are the things that we really need to concern. It says, who contrary to hope, in hope, Contrary to hope, in other words, it doesn't make sense. But contrary to hope, he believed in hope. And the Bible says, he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, notice, God has so many promises here. But if you want those promises to be fulfilled in your life, you have to believe contrary to hope. What was spoken to you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so, but you are in a tough situation. And you're tend to, you tend to calculate and think about and scheme in your mind how you're going to get around the problems. And before long, you're, you're giving up because nothing is working. But you got to remember, God wants us to believe in hope against hope. That's strong faith. That's strong faith. And believe me, we can do it. Amen? Can I hear an amen? We can do it. God will not give us in the world if it's nothing we can attain to. It won't be there. And when God speaks about Abraham, he is the father of faith. God is saying, follow his example. That's what he's saying. Otherwise, it shouldn't be written in the scriptures. God said, you want to be a father of many nations? You want to believe and hope against hope, follow his example. And we talked about uh, Matthew and Mary, how Jesus forced them to believe against hope, right? 
in who believe. That's the way God does his thing. Because if you look with your eyes and you go by your feeling, you will give up. When Angel and I started, uh, and those that were with us started the Ark Fellowship, uh, if somebody said to us, you're going to be in a building like this, huh? Really? But you keep believing. You keep believing. Many days, when we were meeting in my home, people come, it was up, up and down. You, we have a service, and the whole place is packed, and, and my living room is filled, and we put people in the stairway, and, and in what, are what we call the balcony back there, and Angela and I go back, we high five, wow, the church is growing, wonderful. We got 30 people or 20 something people in the home. We are jumping and shouting and uh, we can't wait for the next Sunday because we didn't have Wednesday service. We can't wait for the next Sunday to come with Angela and I so, so excited. And in the morning, I don't know where that lady got all her strength from in those days. Uh, we attempted, we, we, you know how those big televisions, you know, the big one, the round big tube, we had a real big one. Angela and I used to just move those things and put them in the garage. And then after we moved the church years later, we were trying to change our television to the flat one. <laughs> you don't want, <laughs> I didn't want anybody to see both of us who were asking each other, how were we moving this stuff in those days? <laughs> oh my. We get so excited and we put all the chairs out on Sunday morning and we put on the balcony and in the stairway, and only five people show no, <laughs> Ten people show up. And we say, wow. Angela says, I wish all this thing is going to work. Well, really. <laughs> so it was, then while we are saying, well, maybe we just count the, the 10 or the 15. And then the following Sunday, it goes back up. And you're wondering, where can I position myself and be happy, you know? Because we're going up and down, up and down. So if you notice, I never look back. <laughs> I don't care who is there anymore. I'm looking to him, amen? I don't look back to see who's there. Because we're going to grow, amen? We are going to grow. It's not depending on anybody. I got to trust the God. So you hope against hope, amen? You hope against hope. Believing because of what God has spoken, not because of your own abilities, not because of how you can provide for yourself. It's not because of how smart you are and how you can calculate and put things. God has to be in it and you have to trust him he, that he knows what he's doing. His ways are higher than our ways. You may want to go through this, just the straight path, but God says there's danger there. Go the other way and you earn a lot more. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. And that's what he's asking. You hope against hope. He says he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So God has given you promises. God has said he will take care of you. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God says I will teach your children. And they become, they be, they're starting to become wayward. Don't let that frighten you. Do what you can, but leave it to him. He is in charge. He's going to take care of those things. You don't have to worry, but trust him. The, Jesus said, why do you take thought? Trust God, right? You can't make one hair grow. I've been trying. Don't work. <laughs> God has to do it. God has to do it. Everything. So he became the fa father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, so that tells us you can have weak faith, right? He was not, that was his decision. He was not going to become weak in faith. Because he wasn't weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. So what did I say? If you are weak in faith, it's all you can see. All you can feel, and uh, uh, all of that, as everything is in the natural. And if you are considering that, and that's really big in your mind, guess what? I can identify what you got. And the devil can too. Weak faith. 
that's all you got. Because you're considering what you can see, what you can hear, feel. Do that. And people, Christians talk a lot about feeling. Well, I don't feel that way. I know God's word says that, but uh, uh, it's not working like that for me. Well, you just contradicted God's word. And God says in, a, in a, a Malachi chapter 3, your words are stout against me. When you say something contrary to what God says, because of your feelings, your faith is really little. Even though you're following God and it's not pleasing to God. So we have to get, have strong faith. So he never considered his own body already dead since he was a hundred years old. So he, got, he didn't consider the deadness of uh, Sarah's womb. Basically, this guy was believing not just for himself alone, but for his wife's condition. And he knew both were not promising. And yet he refused because God had said he depended on God's word. So he was really strong in faith. He says it did not waver. So that says when you're going back and forth, your confession, you're not making a good confession, God knows. And James tells us, if you do that, you are like the wave of the sea, going back and forth. He says, let not that man think he'll ever receive anything from God. In other words, your faith is small, loaded with doubt, and you're not going to get anything from God. Even though God wants to give it to you, you're not going to get it. It did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. So you know where unbelief comes from? When wake, your faith is weak and your faith is little, you're going to have unbelief. It's, it's part of it. And so when you have that, the promise is not going to be fulfilled. There's a lot of great and precious promises. But you know what? how, how the enemy, how God tests our faith and the enemy... He tests our faith and our, uh, our, and our uh, belief in God through circumstances. And usually negative circumstances. And God allows this. It's the trial of your faith. To see if your faith is strong or is weak. Little or great. Satan tries that. And if he knows your faith is weak, he knows he's got you cornered. You know our boxers cornered their partners, you know, the guy they are fighting, they get him in a corner, and if he shows any weakness, like he's going to go down, guess what happens to the other boxer? He says, I'm going to finish him up right now. Once you show weakness in faith, Satan knows he's got you. And he knows you got little faith, and he has no respect for little faith. Even if Jesus was standing right by you, he knows you got little faith, you still be sinking. You still be sinking. So, that's the issue. So, the question is, what must I do to have great faith? What must I do to have great faith? Two things I'm going to talk about. What to do to have great faith and what to do to have strong faith. And I'm going to go through that quickly and that will be the end of the message. The first thing that you have to do to have great faith is to have knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge and understanding is what will give birth to great faith. It's not how long you have been hearing the word of God. It's knowledge and understanding that will give birth in your heart for great faith. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You may have heard all the great ones and still have little faith and weak faith. So it's not how long you've been a Christian. It's your knowledge and your understanding. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But let me submit to you that the scripture is not talking about natural hearing. It's talking about spiritual hearing. You've watched television where they bring in the experts, right? You, and they know the word of God, possibly more than believers who have great faith. But they know the word of God from this and from their eyes. They don't have any understanding. 
So there is no faith there. It's when you hear the word of God with the ears of your spirit. That's when you will have great faith. You have to hear the word of God with the ears of your spirit. Let me say you had that work. When you hear the word of God, and it doesn't matter how you hear the word of God with the ears of your spirit, because there are people who are deaf, right? But they can have faith by just reading, right? Maybe by sign language. By sign language, they don't hear what the preacher is saying, and maybe they can't even read. But they can understand the sign language. And hearing the sign language, they hear with the ears of their spirit and faith. You got to hear with the ears of your spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. It's not just sitting down and hearing a preacher that brings faith. Or hearing a bunch of the word of God. No, you have to hear with, with the ears of your spirit. Your heart. That's the real you. If you don't hear in that level, you cannot have faith. Many have heard the word of God many times. They can quote it to you. Many times people have trouble and you start speaking the word of God. You, you begin quoting it and they'll help you finish it. And they are still in unbelief. And they will even tell you more. You want more? I'll tell you. And they tell you, I know all of that stuff. But they don't understand it. They know it in their natural mind. It's not gone into their spirit. And so there is no faith. So the knowledge is the knowledge that you get spiritually. That's going to birth this for you. So we hear it from, with the ears of our spirit to have great faith. And the more of that that you get, the greater your faith. It's called, it's actually called, being enlightened in the word of God. Jesus said, he spoke of it as understanding the word of God. You have eyes, but you can see. It's not they can see, they really can see. But they can see spiritually. And so they don't understand. They hear, but he says they have ears, but they can hear. He says not, it's not that they are deaf, they hear what he's saying. But the, the ears of their spirit cannot understand. They can hear what Jesus is saying. He says, why is it that my word doesn't have place in you? Because you're not part of this. So when you hear this, he's got to come into your spirit. And when you have a lot of that happening to you, you will have great faith. It's different. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's why it's good to hear the word of God from somebody that's, that you understand, truly believes what they're saying. If they're just being a parrot, what they heard something and just repeating what they learned in school, you probably won't have faith. Because it's not the word of faith that they're preaching. But when they preach the word of faith, the word of faith goes into your heart. Because your heart receives the word of faith. The ears of your spirit receives, can hear this word. And when you hear it in your spirit, you gain understanding. And once you gain understanding, what that means is you got truth. Once you understand it in your spirit, because the ears of your spirit is gained the word of God, which is truth, Jesus said, and you shall, what? Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Is it just the truth? No. Faith born out of the truth that you heard. You understand it. So when you understand the truth, faith is born. And the more of the word of God, I tell you this, once God gives you understanding in your spirit, you can do it. I remember years ago, uh, and my wife will uh, uh, concord to this, but I, and I've, been, I've been reading a lot of stuff on healing. I read like crazy, and I've been doing that since 
my days in Georgia, I was intrigued by this subject. And I talked to a brother, a, a friend of mine, and his question was, good luck, have you healed anybody? The answer was no. I had ne nothing like that has happened, but I still was intrigued. I left him. We never talked to him about that subject anymore, but I still was intrigued. But while we were living in Rhinoch, one morning I was sleeping all through the night. God was dealing with me in my spirit. And I woke up. I told my wife, I said, uh, I believe I can open deaf ears and uh, open blind eyes. Remember, Angie? I told her that. That was before my, I went out to ministry. That was even before I got called. I just got the understanding. I couldn't wait till I had the opportunity to do it. But he was just downloaded into my spirit because I'd been listening and hearing those words and I gained understanding. And this one night, God showed me how to open deaf ears. And when I went into the ministry, I was in the city called Wari in Nigeria and I prayed for everybody because he had a bunch of people in the crowd and I usually can't touch every one of them. We'll stay very late. He's got a bunch of people. So I pray generally, put your hands where you hurt. And some of them, a lady in one of the videos said, I, I had so many pains. I put my hand on my head and on my back. And I was looking for another hand to put on my stomach because I was sick. <laughs> All of us. And, uh, but some of them will not get healed unless they have a personal touch. And they had this lady there. She was completely deaf in one ear and almost totally deaf in the other one. And so they came. They were going to ask me. Everybody was quiet. And everybody was looking at us. And they got my attention and I got their attention. Everybody was looking at what was going to happen now. And deep inside of me, the Holy Spirit reminded me the night that I had this. And I did my hand like this. Ooh, this is going to be good. I, got a, I have an opportunity to try this. And so I put my finger in my ear. The place was quiet. And then I did what God had told me. And I, I usually tell the demon, come out. And then I took my fingers off. That's what I saw in my revelation. And to let the devils of deafness can come out. And then I went behind the lady. And I did the little this. And she did this. And everybody went, wow. Oh, they were clapping. I was clapping as well. <laughs> I was clapping as well. Everybody got excited. I got excited. That was my first. I was looking for the second. No, <laughs> But God gives you revelation through his word. And then your faith is increased. You got great faith. And when you are confronted with the circumstance, you have no fear. I wasn't concerned what they were thinking. It's like you're acting and watching yourself act. You understand what I'm saying? You're outside your body watching what's going on. I had no fear. I, I, it wasn't a big deal for me. It was just a privilege to perform what I had already known and see this experiment to see if it will work. And it worked. And then when that happens, your faith shoots up again. Because now you have the evidence. Amen? Right in front of you. I encourage you, begin to pray to God to open the ears of your spirit. That's what to do. So that you don't listen to any message and be a forgetful hearer. The one who doesn't hear, uh, hear with the ears of your spirit, you'll forget immediately. It will not work for you. It will not bring faith. But when you hear with the ears of your spirit, you cannot be a forgetful hearer. So ask God, Give me ears. Now, I, do I have time? Isaiah chapter 50. A good scripture. Isaiah chapter Beginning from um, hmm, excuse me. We got Isaiah fifty. Verse 4, 
Okay, yeah, that's verse 4. That's right, verse 4. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my what? My ear. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Now, we're not talking about your natural ear, right? It's talking about your spiritual ear. So you can hear as the learned. So that's the first thing to do. The next thing to do is to meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. To meditate is to call to remembrance. When you see an event, think through it. When Jesus performs a miracle, think through it in your mind. Think through it so that your heart doesn't get hardened. Because when your heart gets hardened, you can't have faith. So Great faith. Meditate on the word of God. It says in Mark chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, it said, But Jesus, being aware of it, because Jesus had talked about the way of the living of the Pharisees, and the disciples thought, maybe because we didn't bring bread. Jesus says, why do you reason because you have no bread? In another uh, uh, book, Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith, why do you reason because you didn't have faith? So they, uh, because you didn't bring bread. They had little faith and they were not considering it says, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And Jesus went to talk about the bread and every, the uh, 4,000 and the 5,000. So that's really important. That's why the Bible talks about this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate in it. That's mortar it to yourself day and night. Day and night. That's how you are able to do all that is written in the book. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. That's the only way you can do it. As you meditate on the word of God, you roll it through your mind over and over again. Even in your sleep, you're thinking about it and your, the, your spirit never sleeps. That's why you dream. How many of you have dreamt before and you were running in your dream and then when you wake up, you're sweating? <laughs> because you're not, you never go to sleep. Your body rests, but your spirit is still at work. And if you roll this thing through, it begins to be downloaded into your spirit. And when you do that, faith is born. Amen? doesn't matter how long you've been. Now, the second thing is, how do I have strong faith? The way to have strong faith, number one, pray in the Spirit. Pray with the Spirit. Many people like to talk about, I have received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we know you got a ghost. But uh, do you spend time praying with the Spirit? Now, Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, beloved of God, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. That's how to build yourself up in faith. I can submit to you, if you're not praying in tongues, and or if you've already received the Holy Spirit, and you are not praying in tongues, you're not doing it out loud, there is bondage in your life. Believe me, there is. There is. I, I've been there. I couldn't do it. I was in bondage and I knew it. If you are not able to pray openly in tongues, you have bondage. Because God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The reason why you are not able to do it, there is fear somewhere in your heart. And a lot of doubt. And say so you can't do it. But I guarantee you, if you start doing that openly, the fear and the doubt will go away very quickly. And you'll begin to work. He says, building up yourself in your what? Your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. If I pray in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. 
What should I do then? Verse 15. I will pray with the Spirit. Notice, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. When you pray with the Spirit, you are speaking in tongues. If I pray in an unknown tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. As long as you understand what you are saying from your mouth, you are not praying in the Spirit. That's just the truth. And you cannot get spiritual and really have real strong faith if you're not doing that. You cannot. Beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you begin to practice that, I'm telling you, for the first few days, your, your body and the, your mind is going to be going crazy. And that's when the enemy will really zero in on you for attack. And you start wondering. I had a girl say, I started praying in tongues, and it's like hell opened up against my life. I'm going to quit. I said, girl, you dare, you dare not quit. This is the beginning. The battle has been joined. It's not because enemy is coming against you. You have become a, a threat to the enemy. He's scared of you now. So he's going to try to discourage you, stop you from doing that. Keep on doing it. Amen? That's how you build yourself up in your most holy faith. The Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, uh, it says, I believe verse 4, it says, He who prays in tongues edifies himself. If you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You know what the word edify means? The synonym for the word edify means to enlighten yourself. So your spirit can really hear. To instruct yourself. Go when you type edify, look, you know, in a word, check the synonym, synonyms for that. He'll tell you those. You enlighten yourself. You instruct yourself. You teach yourself spiritual truth. When you pray in tongues, because you are speaking mysteries, those mysteries are downloaded into your spirit, and they enlighten your spirit. And out of that, because it's spirit to spirit, deep calls out to deep, you begin to build up real faith. In. I mean, real genuine faith that God honors. I know what I'm talking about. It's the truth. So that's the first thing to do. Second thing is to exercise your faith. Just like this is the final thing. Exercise your faith. Try exercising your faith. Uh, uh, I have been, by the grace of God, exercising my faith to, for the support of our church. It used to be in those days to believe God for $3,000 a week. And I asked him very specifically, $3,000 a week. Uh, that was great faith for me. And God did that for me. And then we graduated where I can ask him when I feel like it, where I can ask him for 5000 And he did that. And he got to the place where I can ask him for 10000 And now I can ask him for fifteen or 20000 And I don't have to look at the crowd. I've noticed, and Irina will tell you this, many times we have a lot of people. If I make my calculation based on a lot of people, when the final tally comes, it's 3000 and I'm thinking, man, we got a lot of people, $3,000. And then we got few people, and it's $20,000. You go figure. <laughs> That's teaching me, don't go by what you see with your eyes. You exercise your faith. Start with that little headache. Amen? If you're interested in healing. Start with that little headache and begin to build up your faith. You know, the Bible talks about building up when you build up your muscles, right? You exercise your muscle and you keep exercising. And those guys that do exercise, you know, they, they develop, you know, big biceps, you know. And when Satan comes to attack them, that's the guy there. Mine is real skinny. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't do that, so. This won't threaten the enemy at all. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> I think you are. But when you've developed that and Satan comes to attack you, it's like going out to pick up a fight. And the guy has his shirt on and you're thinking, come on, I'm going to take you on. Come on, let's go. And he takes his shirt off and he does this. <laughs> and you see the muscles, you say, don't we have another way where we can settle this matter? Do, do we have to fight, really? 
We're gentlemen here, right? We don't have to fight. Because you know, this is going to cause you a lot of problems. That's what you do when, you, when you've done, you've exercised your faith, and the enemy takes you on, and then he, reali- he realizes, oh, what have I done? This is not good for me. Amen? Exercise your faith. And you go stronger. Exercise your faith. Start with something little. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't listen to people. They'll tell you you can't go there. You can't do that. You can't have a big church. You can't have a small whatever they want to tell you. Uh, you don't have. Uh, you don't have. Uh, it's not possible. You have an accent. <laughs> this is America. You have an accent. They won't listen. And it, many times they say, oh, I can't even hear a word that you say. I said, really? And I ask more questions, and they're answering me, and I'm thinking, he's telling me he can't hear what I say, but every question I ask him, he's answering. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm not going to listen to you. I know the God that I believe. I'll keep on with my accent. Amen? But the enemy wants to tell you, you can't do it because of this. Overlook him. Stay with the word. And begin to exercise your faith. Stand up with me tonight. Exercise your faith. Amen. Pray in the spirit. So you have strong faith. And everything that seems to be impossible. You start looking at them. And you say. "Ah, That's little. God can do that for me. If there is a God. Many times I just meditating. When I'm in trouble. I go out and I look around. And I say, I got that God that put all those stars in place. And he's living in me. And you sit and you're telling me I'm going to be in trouble. That's not going to happen. I just considered his creation. And just thinking on it, strengthened my faith. And my resolve to stay with my master. And I go home happy, even though the problem is still there. And he'll take care of me. Just thinking he's kept me for these many years, he can still do it. He's able to finish what he started, to perfect what he began. That's what gives me hope, and that's what gives us hope in him. Amen? So you have great faith. Can you say that with me tonight? I have great faith. My faith is strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. That's who I am. I'm strong in the Lord and in his power of his mind. Can you say, make that good confession? I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You got mind. God bless you. We're dismissed. That's the closing prayer. <laughs> <laughs>